GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy. It is the weekly roll-up where we run down all the top three Web3 web news from the last week to keep you up to date and ahead of the crowd. My name is Jay Bird, and this is Kyle Reedhead. And our goal here at Web3 Academy is to help entrepreneurs, businesses, and creators explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and build thriving communities. Baby, we got a big show today, Kai. It's a big one. It's a big one. All right. What's the main topics? We're going to be talking about Magic Eden. What happened to Magic Eden? They launched MetaShield in an effort of enforcing royalties on platforms. This is an NFT royalty enforcement tool. Ooh, this is ooh self-sovereign? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get into that. Doodles raised $54 million on a $700 million valuation. Is this good? I don't know. We're going to have a debate, Kyle and I, of is venture capital money good for Web3 or not? And I'm not sure, Kai, I don't know if you know which side you land on. I'm still not sure which side I land on. So we'll, we'll go back nuts. and forth on that. The Wall Street Journal announced that the MoMA is selling $700 million of art to purchase digital art. It, the moment is here. We are going mainstream, people. This is happening. This is huge, huge news. OpenSea is going to onboard millions. They have a big announcement around Arbitron MFTs now available and some other big UX things happening. And then we have the DAO of the month. DAO of the month. Give us a hint. What is it, Jay? Ooh. ooh well, don't tell me what it is, day. but give me a hint. Maybe I can okay. guess. It's, it's, a music, it's a music DAO. And they are actually minting their second drop today. Ooh, today. And, and I think I think we might, we might, we'll see. We might, we might mint live on the show. We might grab Ooh. this together. You got your wallet show. full of ETH or what? No, I'm assuming actually, it's, it's not, not full of ETH at all. It's not, but, <laughs> but we got a little bit. We got a little bit. <laughs> you gotta sell some NFTs to get this one. That's right. That's right. Okay, but before we jump in, let's share some gratitude, Kai. We always love to share gratitude because when you practice gratitude, you change your expectations into appreciation. Kai, what are you grateful for this week? Well, I am grateful for a, a company called Borderless Retreats. So I'm currently in the Azores, Portugal, which uh, if you've never seen where this is, I highly recommend you just Google Azores right now. It's literally in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean between North America and, uh, and Europe. And uh, it's this beautiful, beautiful island. Uh, and there's eight of us here that are uh, all nomadic entrepreneurs. And we're basically spending a week um, having food cooked for us, which has just been incredible food. And we're doing yoga and meditations in the mornings. We're doing like mindfulness sessions and workshops and um, just super zen uh, but also really growth mindset. Uh, it's been an incredible, incredible experience. So thank you to Borderless Retreats for um, for running this. It's been absolutely, absolutely incredible. What about you, Jay? If you guys can't see Kai, he is he is glowing. He's absolutely <laughs> glowing. He looks calm. He looks grounded. Yeah, yeah I know he did things. some ecstatic dance last night. He got he some stuff out. You know, oh, yeah. he's feeling good. We've been uh, doing it all. I am. I am grateful for heavy machinery okay <laughs> heavy machinery so uh, i'm renovating my house right now and 
as part of that, we have been renting a whole bunch of tools. And we rented this tool to, we have, um, we have a cedar siding, like 40 year old cedar siding. So we had to paint the cedar siding. And then we have these soffits, uh, which are like way up high. Like you're talking like 40 feet off the ground. Uh, like a ladder could be so dangerous to get on a ladder to get to these. So we rented this like massive piece of machinery. I can't even, it can go, it could go 60 feet in the air. You could go straight up 60 feet and it's like this oscillating arm. And I spent my whole weekend on that thing, uh, painting the outside of my house. So, nice. and if I didn't have that, I had to paint it on a ladder. It would have, uh, would have taken me a week. So heavy machinery for the win. Really grateful for that. <laughs> it's the best gratitude so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, before we get started into the episode, we have an announcement. Finally, finally, it is here. All eligible addresses for their lens protocol handle, their whitelist is now available. You can go claim. Uh, and so... We had a lot of troubles with this, trying to get the right people to claim their handles. We finally figured it out. It's basically, if you're a community member of ours, you've been in our Discord, if you're a DAO member, or if you're one of the first thousand uh, to follow us on Lens Protocol, or um, you completed some of the quests uh, and contacted us, et cetera, we have hopefully got everybody that uh, deserves a lens handle, a lens handle. So just simply go to claim.lens.xyz and uh, connect with your wallet, the one that you gave us, uh, and you should be able to get your lens protocol handle. So if you do it, go get it, and then go make sure to post something on lens. We want to see it because we will follow you as well. And it's super fun to use lens. Like once you post something on lens, then you can go to your OpenSea or wherever you use NFTs, and you can see your post as an NFT in your wallet. There's, it's so fun the way it all connects and it all gets used. So yeah, super pumped for this for everybody. Absolutely. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Also, if, if you did not get your, your lens this time, uh, we're sorry. We could not whitelist everybody. There was a cap and we will have more opportunities in the future. So don't, don't get your panties up in a bunch. If you didn't get it this time, you'll get it. You'll get it next time. We got and you. Please don't worry. do not DM me. I promise you, I will not respond. So don't DM me. <laughs> just wait. We will have another one coming soon, but I will not respond to you. I'll tell you that. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. There's too many. <laughs> DM um, Web3 Academy. Raul might respond to you. He's got one. I'm so, I'm so glad in this moment that I have like a fraction, 1% of the followers that you have. Nobody DMs me. <laughs> We're going to change that. Okay. First, first up in the news, let's talk about Magic Eden. So what's going on here? A little bit of context around the NFT royalty debate. As everybody, as you may remember, and if you don't, about a month ago, the, there was a debate that started around should NFT holders honor creator royalties? It's obviously a big part of what we're creating here in Web3 was this belief that creators deserve a portion of royalties in perpetuity of their project. Now, some new marketplaces popped up, PseudoSwap popped up, which decided not to honor NFT royalties, which sparked this debate of, wait, okay, NFT royalties aren't 
enforceable on chain. Holy shit. Okay. So that was all news to us. We all learned that. And then what happened is coders being coders. And Kai, remember you said this on the show, you were like, well, somebody will figure this out and figure out how to get it on chain. Okay. Well, update. Yes. People are figuring this out. So depending on which side you're on and there's coders on both sides, there was some coders who said, okay, Here's what coders, he means devs, by the way. Devs, yeah, devs. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, so some people said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to track those wallets who don't honor royalties. And we're going to create a tool where a NFT creator can see who did and didn't honor Ooh. royalties. And then... Reward the creator can say, okay, for my next drop, I'm only going to Ooh. give it to those who aren't royalties. Makes tons of sense, right, Kai? Um, yes. Let me just think here though. Who's the person that has to honor the royalties? It's the person buying or the person that's it's the person selling. So does this really change anything? Because if they're already selling it anyway, they're not taking they're they're not honoring the royalties. Do they care for the next drop? Yeah, just okay, so, so yeah, you're getting you're getting into the next stage here. So let me just keep <laughs> let me keep going because this is and this is what is going on here is it's so convoluted because yeah. this is so new, right? Uh, okay, so so that happened. A bunch of coders said that, and then a bunch of coders fought back and said, "Okay, sorry, devs, I should stop calling them coders." Devs fought back and said, "No, we're going to figure out how to how to hide that information." Uh, and then Magic Eden, who is one of the top NFT marketplaces. They first exploded as they're the biggest Solana NFT marketplace. Uh, and they're really known in the industry as they're a top team. They're, you know, they've, they've shipped a many great products. They're really leaders. And I really respect Magic Eden because they're, OpenSea is like the like corporate, like mom and dad, right? And then Magic Eden's like the scrappy teenager who's just mm. like not afraid to say something and not afraid to do something controversial. So Magic Eden launches MetaShield, uh, which is a new standard that enforces NFT royalties. Now you can't enforce NFT royalties on chain. So here's what it does. And this is this this sparked a lot of controversy on Twitter. What it does is if somebody does not pay royalties, then MetaShield identifies, okay, this wallet did not pay royalties when they bought it, when they bought the NFT. And it allows, it basically encourages or allows the creator of that NFT to come in and change the metadata. And so they're basically blurring <laughs> NFT. So like wow. you wake up one day, you you bought your NFT without paying the creator royalties, and now your NFT is blurred. Any NFT that's sold on Magic Eden can do this. Any NFT that is yes, that is through Magic Eden can do this, assuming that they. I think they have to use the MetaShield standard in their right. smart contract. Like I think okay. it has to be they have to part opt of their, into this. Thing. They have yeah, to okay. opt into this. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So, Kai, you want to? I, I can pause there if you want to jump in. No, uh, can continue on. Continue on before I give any opinions. Okay. So, so let me let me just. Here's where we're at. Okay. We had stage one of NFTs was oh my gosh you can you can have digital ownership, right? 
And then stage two was, okay, well, can we bake these creator royalties into digital ownership? Because here's the thing that happens. A lot of artists create great pieces of work and they never see a fraction of the value of that work because the work, as the work increases in value, they, they don't get any, they get no take on that, right? And so there's this belief in the industry that stuff should be flowing back to them. Um, but now we're at this point where there's this question of like, should it happen or should it happen? And it brings up two debates that I want to sort of spark off here, Kai. One is self-sovereignty. So if, if Magic Eden is doing something like this, where does that come into this concept of self-sovereignty? And they're, they're really, and like, should NFT creators be able to change the metadata? They can, like there's, let me just point that out. An NFT creator can change metadata unless they explicitly give up those rights ahead of the launch, or they could do it later, but mm -hmm. pretty much no NFT creators are doing that right now, not yet. Um, so they can do that. So, so there's a self-sovereignty debate. And then there's also this debate of like, should, should royalties be honored? And even more so, I think this is really, the way I look at this, this is just a tool in the toolbox. All of these things are just tools in the toolbox. And Kai, I know that's what you've talked a lot about as well. Okay, so I'll, I'll pause there, Kai, jump in. Yeah, so I think, okay, first of all, when I think of creator royalties, there's one thing I gotta say, like I, I support creator royalties. The only thing that where it gets a little iffy is like, okay, some small person creator who doesn't make a lot of money, an artist, whatever, everyone's like, yes, we need to support them. But what if Nike launches NFT and then uses this mm. and then everyone doesn't pay the royalties for Nike and Nike starts sh shutting their stuff down. It's this big corporate company. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone backs that and goes, oh yeah, they need to get their royalties. They need to make their billions mm -hmm. of dollars, you know? So like, where does, where's the, where does this end? You know, I, I don't really get it. So anyway, that's my only thought on the, on the royalty side of things. Uh, in terms of this, um, I mean, look, if you can already change your metadata, then you might as well make a tool that allows this uh, anyway. Uh, I guess this tool also then identifies that someone has not paid your royalties. Look, I don't love it. I don't think this is the way it should be. But I think these are the kind of things we need to do to start putting pressure on this so mm -hmm. that we figure it out. So I don't think this is where it goes in three years from now. This is definitely not how NFTs work, but I think these are the things we need to do to get there. So I mm -hmm. am fine with it. Uh, I bet you in three weeks time and OpenSea or someone else is gonna come out with the next thing and we'll keep iterating until we figure out how we wanna handle this. So yeah. Um, yeah, keep innovating, keep coding as Jay would say, coders will code, uh, devs will dev. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, we'll see. Well, and I think that, I, I two thoughts there. One is, I don't think the fact that NFT creators can change metadata, to me, that's not the problem. Uh, there is a conversation around when they should be able to and shouldn't be able to. And I think if you, any NFT creator should be clear with their community ahead of time, they should not surprise their community, right? Mm -hmm. Like you should never all of a sudden change the metadata of a project without saying, hey, this is part of our project. But the thing is, being able to change the metadata is what is one of the most fantastic parts about NFTs, because what that allow, what that means is that's a tool where a creator can say, uh, and a great example is DECA. DECA is a, um, uh, a gallery, uh, like a project that allows you to have like um, 
your gallery of NFTs and other people can see it and they can follow. It's a great, great project. And on DECA, if you purchase their NFT, the more you contribute to the platform, the more you engage, your NFT adjusts and changes. And so the metadata changes, which is great. That's that's such a great use case. Like that's what we love to see, right? That's customer engagement. That's gamifying it. I think in terms of um, changing the metadata of NFTs, it's like, look, if you don't like that the creators of the NFT change the metadata, sell your NFT. That's the beautiful right. thing about this. It's an open <laughs> marketplace. Like it doesn't matter. You can just sell it and go to the next community. So like if everyone sells, well, then all of a sudden that community is going to go, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. And they're not going to do that anymore. And people are going to learn from that. So like, mm-hmm. we don't need to whine and cry about these things anymore because you have self-sovereignty. If you don't like it, just sell it. That's the mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't need to have these little, like everyone whining and crying, like, oh my God, you changed my metadata. Like just sell it and get out and you're fine. You know? So like, that's, that is the unlock. Um, but I think <laughs> it's also, I don't know, people are like, what's crazy about this is a lot of companies are just sharing their revenue or sharing their business and giving ownership to all of these people. Mm-hmm. And then like any little change and like these people are like whining and crying and it's like, yo, you just, all you did was buy an NFT for like 0.1 ETH. You were doing <laughs> nothing to contribute to this company and you're whining that we changed some one thing. And it's like, who are you? I, I don't get that. So it's starting to really, these NFT communities are actually starting to piss me off a little bit. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. That's all. There was, there was, there was, there was a tweet that I saw recently that was like, I thought dealing with VCs was bad until yeah. I had an NF, a token tokenized community. 100%. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, let me let me. I got another another take here that I want to break down. Is um, so one of the issues with this is um, as you said, okay, who is being penalized for this? Right, like the in this case, in the case of Magic Eden and what they're doing with MetaShield, the buyer is being penalized. Right, the buyer didn't honor creator. They decided not to buy using creator royalties, and they're being penalized by their metadata being changed. And now you have a blurry NFT, which would be just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what happens? Where does most buying happen? Right. Let's just think about that for a second. Well, most buying happens currently on so on uh, OpenSea. And then Magic Eden would be number two and then looks rare. But what is innovating and growing a lot are these aggregator marketplaces. Mm-hmm. So there's all these marketplaces, and this is going to explode over the next decade. There's all these marketplaces where you can go, where instead of buying on Magic Eden or OpenSea, you just go to an aggregator where they pull in all, they sweep all of the available NFTs. And that's honestly the best place to go to the to get the best price, right? Because right. you go to an aggregator right. and they'll show you, you want to buy... A, a board ape, it's like, okay, here's all the board apes that are up for sale, ordered by price. So you, you don't you don't necessarily know which marketplace you're buying off of. Mm. So you could accidentally buy off Magic Eden, not know about MetaShield, and then wake up the next day and boom, you're, you're, you're sorry, you wouldn't buy off Magic Eden, you would accidentally buy off pseudo swap not right. no you want maybe you wanted to, to pay the creator royalties you were trying to honor it and you didn't know. so yeah, yeah. i think there's that that's another wrinkle that i don't like i i just want to dive quickly into kai what you said about projects like nike and just talk a little bit about this is a tool what you really need to understand if you're a business is 
forget about whether or not the the code or the smart contract will be able to enforce NFT royalties. Focus instead, create enough value that your community wants to pay royalties because then there is no conversation here anymore. Yeah, or like, I don't know, no one wants to pay extra if they don't have to. Mm -hmm. Even if you mm -hmm. create a good product, you still would rather get it at a discount. So I think the more important thing is fuck the royalties and just go build a business or an NFT yeah. that actually has a sustainable model to it. Royalties can be the gravy on top of that, but you know what I mean? Make your money elsewhere, add a subscription to it or have a, you know, make sure you make your money off of your mint or do something else. I don't know, but like, just don't rely on royalties. Easy as that for now anyway, until maybe we figure it out. Kai, I want you to be like my like daily like consultant or coach. You just you just you just make everything so clear. Like stop whining, just come on, figure it out. Let's go. <laughs> Straight to the point, you know. It's Anybody good. else here want want Kyle to? Kyle used to be a health coach. If those don't know, and you could see he would have been an amazing health coach. <laughs> okay, let's let's jump to the next one. You ready to jump to the next story? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so doodles raised $54 million on a $700 million valuation. Whoa. It's a one-year-old project. That's one-year-old project. And they, well, okay, what happened? They got a lot of backlash from their community. Now, we just talked about how there's unfair backlash from token communities. But in this case, I think it might be fair. So just to say a little bit of context, first of all, for about two months, Doodles did not tweet. They were not active on Twitter, which like, I don't, can't really understand that. Um, like just throw up a GM now and then that's pretty simple, right? Uh, and so they were quiet on Twitter. The community was a little bit upset about that. And then they had this big announcement and their big announcement was like, hey, we raised $54 million, which none of that money goes to you, the NFT holder, and the VCs did not buy NFTs as part of the raise. They bought the capital in the business. And right. so- so, so just to clarify here, there is Doodles, like probably Doodles LLC or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, we don't know what the corporation name is. We don't have to know, but they have like a, a, an actual company. And then they have their NFT like uh, collection, the Doodles collection that we all know. So um, they are two different things. They are, mm -hmm. if you buy yes. the company or you invest in the company, you are not necessarily investing in the NFT itself. They are different. So just to be yes. clear on that. And, and here's- Where's that money going to? Do you know? Do you know why they got the, investment? They, they're, they're expanding their team. So I think their team is like, uh, 20 right now and they're they said they're hiring 30 more positions right. they they want to be they're trying to be the disney that is their goal their goal is to be the next disney to build a media juggernaut right. and, and 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 here's the thing for these nft community that are getting all riled up it's like do you have 700 million dollars to put together to fund doodles to go build yes. the next media juggernaut the answer is no you don't you luckily yes. bought one doodle for one eth great if Doodle performs and goes and builds that next media juggernaut, your Doodles are going to be worth a hell of a lot. And yes. you're going to have access to all the events and all the things that happen 
as they build the next Disney. What an amazing opportunity. And you're going to whine. I just don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Like all you hold an NFT, you might luck out that this random JPEG that you bought that you have ownership over, like maybe becomes worth something if Doodles happens to be the next Disney, right? You would be like holding the Mario NFT if like back yes. in the day kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. And so yeah. like the chance of You mean of Mickey, happening, Mickey Mouse, not Mickey Mario. Mouse, Mario's yeah, yeah, Mickey Nintendo. Mouse. <laughs> like the chances of that happening though, very, very slim. Yes. But the chances of that happening with $700 million to back it, or I guess 54 million, sorry, it's valued at 700 million, 54 yep. million dollars. Well, that makes those chances a lot better. So you now have a better chance of your NFT retaining or appreciating in value as a result of this. So like, what are you mad at? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Be happy. This is great. You're involved in a great community. And thankfully, the corporation that backs that community or like that built that community is going big, right? Because if they don't mm -hmm. go big, your NFT is going to zero. So yeah, that's my Yeah, thought. I think you... You bring up it, it is such a great point. I think where the the tension comes in and where I fear this will come to a head at some point in the next couple of years is when that project doesn't do well. And full disclosure, I am a doodles holder, so uh, I'm I hope this project does go, go well and it becomes the next Mickey Mouse. Which on a quick side note, did you know that Mickey Mouse? becomes royalty-free CC0, like 2024, I think. Come on. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Isn't that great? So how many Mickey Mouse CC0 projects are we going to see oh in God. like two years? Because the, the original artwork. Let's do one ourselves. That's right. Yeah, let's make it. <laughs> seriously. Uh, if there's any artist I'm going to learn how to draw right now. Yeah, no, no. We're, we're looking. If you're an artist and you want to collab, we, we are not the artist, Kai. Come on. We're the yeah, business okay. people. Okay. Okay. Give us a call. We want to do a Mickey Mouse collection with you. Um, so here's is what's going to happen. As you said, not all these companies that are raising are going to make it, right? When you raise $50 million of $700 million valuation, there's massive expectations. To, in order to create that, to make that valuation a reality, you have, you have to create huge revenue. You know, You have to do so much, right? And the investors have expectations. So the investors expect that you will grow. And in order to do that, you need more revenue, more profit. NFT holders have different expectations. Really, I mean, currently right now, their only expectation is that the price of their NFT goes up, right? So mm -hmm. there is a misalignment right now that I think everybody needs to understand is what is going to happen in these projects is some of them will just start producing more NFTs because that is a way to make more revenue and make more profit, but that also deflates the value of the original NFT. So yes, if your NFT project makes it and makes it big and you are holding the original Mickey Mouse, it'll be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's so much value in that. But also there will be projects where that doesn't happen and the investors are pushing, just get more revenue, get more revenue, get more, extract value because that's what they need. And then there will be, I think we will see some projects go pretty sour and some communities get real upset because also, that's going, going to deflate value. You also got to understand, like in order to run a business right now, it's not very easy to do that and to raise capital and stuff 
as an NFT project specifically, like if everything was on chain, like you didn't actually have a actual corporation. Mm-hmm. If you want backing from the big in, like VCs and stuff, like the big people in the world to get the big money, they're not going to do that in crypto. They're going to do that in fiat currency because that's how they run their VC firms, right? So like mm-hmm. you need, if you want to get this capital, which you need to be the next Disney, then you've got to do it through the traditional world. Now, eventually this will change. And I would bet that the, the doodles of 2027 or something will have no LLC around it. And it'll be a DAO, which is governed by the NFTs. And mm-hmm. any investment will go directly into the treasury of that DAO and blah, blah, blah. Problem is we just don't have the tooling and the infrastructure to make that work easily. Yes, that, that those tools do exist, but like not on a level of like what these people need and for what these guys are trying to build. So it's like, right now we're in a hybrid stage. So we have to have these sort of LLC and your web three version and kind of build together or like build for the other one. And then (laughs) teach together. So it's just like, I don't know if you're, here's the thing. If you own an NFT right now and you don't understand that it's 100% purely just an experiment, then you're lost. That's what I'm going to say. Right. Like, like you're completely lost if you think that these things are like guaranteed, like, you know, the best businesses in the world, the future business, like all of these that we have right now, even board at yacht clubs could go to complete zero and be worth nothing in the future. You know, we have no idea. That's how early this stuff is. So like, I don't know. I think people need to calm the hell down and like, let people build these businesses and let's see what works and what doesn't, well, you know? And, and you brought this up before. And, and to be clear, Doodles does have a, a treasury, I don't know if it is a DAO treasury, but they have a treasury that they share. I think it is formed as a DAO. Um, I should know that. Uh, and they, this is what's happened. As you mentioned, okay, you have all these NFT holders. What are they contributing though, right? Well, in the Doodles treasury, they, they are like, you can make proposals and they have voter apathy. They have low engagement. So what would you want if you were trying to grow a business? Do you want like the top investors in the world who you can pick up the phone and can get you a call with Disney and build you relationships and help you literally take your business like 10 years into the future in, in six months? Or do you want like 10,000 DJs who are like, I don't avoid your royalties. Work. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Agreed completely. I mean, right. Yeah. Okay. One more quick question. Then we'll move on to the next one. Uh, if a VC is investing in a project, should they buy the NFT? Hell yeah, for sure they right? should. That should I mean, be like, that you, you can't that require, require it, but like I don't know, if you were investing and putting money, you, you probably should like that project. So like, might make sense for you to do that. Um, I, I just I think that simply you know yeah yeah just do that. Even if you did that, I think because okay, here's the example: Yuga Labs. Board of Yacht Club, which somehow never gets shit. I don't understand how they never get shit. They're just like the darling that's like can't do wrong, even when they had the crazy gas wars on the other side, mm. which was ridiculous and totally their fault. They still, everyone loves them. But I will say this, when they raised $450 million, they are the only project that I could find that did require investors to buy an NFT. Nice, I like that. So maybe maybe they're doing they're doing those little things right. Okay, next up, the Wall Street Journal has announced that the MoMA, which is one of the biggest art galleries in the world, is selling $70 million in art. This includes Picasso's that they'll be selling top art 
in order to buy digital art. Jay, I'm going to be honest. I've just been watching that ad above there that Wall Street Journal's got going on for this watch. Kelly Slater's just like getting barreled. I was like, oh my God, this is sick. (laughs) I saw you lean in there. I was like, well, Kai's really interested in that. (laughs) I have no idea what MoMA is. What is MoMA? Can you tell me that? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sure there's a listener that doesn't know too. So give us the- I'm sure there's there's lots of, of listeners who don't know. Um, MoMA is the uh, Museum of Modern Modern Art. Uh, It is it is the one of the biggest art galleries in the world. Their assets would be worth trillions of dollars in art that they would own. Wow, that's crazy. So these guys are the they push the fine art world in directions, and they're only Uh, selling seventy million. I know. And they're only selling 70 million, which, which when you think about buying like generative art uh, and especially like one of ones that actually doesn't get you very far. Right. Wow. Like, I think it does now, maybe not in November, but I feel like you want to buy a couple, you want to buy a couple, maybe you want to buy a couple autoglyphs, you buy a Beeple, you buy some crypto punks, um, you know, it can get, it can, it can go pretty fast, but okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What does this mean? This means that there was a meeting at the MoMA, top art gallery in the world, and somebody said, hey, guys, if we're going to continue to survive and thrive, we will do better if we invest in digital art versus keeping our current Mm. Picassos. And they said, okay, let's do it. Let's sell 70 million. Yeah, that's pretty legendary, actually. I like that. That is that is the type of news that we we need in the space because here's what's going to happen when moma first does a exhibit with digital art and you go to the moma and there's crypto punks on the wall that is going to get a ton of media attention which is going yeah. to drive more mainstream attention in the space in a good way. I should mention this was this article was reported by the Wall Street Journal, right? right. We don't how often do we have the Wall Street Journal as one of our reporting journalists on this show? Not very often, Never. right? Maybe like for the merch. We, we've got yeah, maybe for the merch. We've got like, you know, we got the the crypto media outlets, right? So Twitter, for, almost all of our news is Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so for us to have a mainstream outlet that's that's discussing this. Uh, let me give you some stats in the moment just to really crystallize this for you. Okay, so pre-pandemic, the MoMA was getting about 3 million visitors per year in person at the art gallery. Post-pandemic, they're getting 1.6 they got last year. And they they think that they'll that's going back up. They might get back up to like 1.8 or 1. or 2, right? But they're sitting there, they're looking at, they're like, shit, like number go down, right? Mm. Same time. Their digital side, their website and social media have increased from 30 million pre-pandemic to 35 million post-pandemic. Like, is there bigger signals that digital is the future here? Of course, it could be more obvious. Yeah, I think it's it's so exciting to see. Uh, Kai, we got to figure out how to buy a crypto punk. That's what that's what I've decided. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to start getting some uh, some pretty legit sponsors for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Moma, hit us up. We want we want we want you to sponsor us. <laughs> All right, what we got? What we got next up here, Kai? 
OpenSea, big announcement. I think one of the bigger announcements of the week. Um, and actually, it's super cool. because So first of all, OpenSea, we believe, is going to onboard. I mean, it already probably has onboarded millions, mm-hmm. uh, but millions more into the NFT space. Um, they're doing a hell of a job. They are, you know, obviously have been on Ethereum and Polygon for a long time. They're on Solana now uh, mm-hmm. as of some point this year. And now they are on Arbitrum. So a massive announcements. Congrats. Congrats to the Arbitrum team. We actually have the CMO of Arbitrum coming on the podcast next week. That'll be out in two weeks from now, I believe. So mm-hmm. um, we're super excited to talk to Andrew about this uh, and dive into more here. Um, but this is big. I mean, this is... Um, this is OpenSea uh, launching on, so one of the biggest platforms in Web3 or in this space, which is launching on a layer two uh, of Ethereum. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about layer twos and the importance of these and how this is the future and it's going to scale crypto, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and now we have the, the big platforms moving on to it. I mean, Reddit is, is on layer two. We have OpenSea now. Um, and so mm-hmm. this is just super exciting. It basically means that you're going to be able to buy and sell NFTs um, for, you know, pennies, uh, and you're going to be able to do it with the security of Ethereum. And that to me is super amazing. I wonder if we start to see, maybe not, but people always say like CryptoPunks, Board Yacht Clubs, like things of that nature need to stay on Ethereum for security. I wonder if eventually those do move to the layer twos. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm not 100% sure. Definitely not yet, because I know you know many of these layer twos are still quite new. Uh, but eventually. So anyway, it's just OpenSea kind of expanding and getting across multi-chain and growing into more and more of these sort of ecosystems. Uh, Arbitrum being the layer two that's growing the fastest right now. Um, so really, OpenSea, I mean, is onboarding the fastest layer two, which is Arbitrum, the fastest other L1 outside of Ethereum, which is Solana. So it's kind of bringing in all these different communities into its platform. And its platform is friggin' sick. Has anyone seen mm-hmm. the new upgrades to OpenSea? I think you have it up, Jay. Walk us through yeah. what's going on there because OpenSea is doing a killer job lately. Uh, just user experience. Everybody complains, right? Everyone's the user experience sucks. We literally wrote an article uh, this week where we we use that exact line several times. But wow, OpenSea just updated their website, and their, your, their user experience does not suck. It, it is killer. And now they have this new landing. I mean, Kyle, you and I are marketers, so we get super stoked when we see great marketing and landing pages are probably one of those things that get us get us up in the morning. We love landing pages. Uh, this, this new landing page they have, so we're looking at a new landing page that OpenSea has for a project before they mint. So if you're a new project and you don't even need a website, you can just build your landing page on OpenSea. And honestly, it'll look a million times better probably than your own website would look. And Unless we just build it check, for you. yeah, check this out. Like you've got, you've got information on when the mint is happening, a breakdown of that. So for you've the got, listeners, hold on, for the listeners, uh, basically what's happening is this is a pre-mint and it looks like a landing page. And so it has like at the top, there's a menu where it's mint, team mm-hmm. and FAQ, you can click along this page and it shows you who the team is, all the frequently asked questions. And then you can scroll down and OpenSea, which used to be just like a short page, now actually looks like a website, like a landing page, your own. And you can put your own images. The one that was actually a GIF of this guy, like laying on a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go down and it, and and it's you can continue down now, Jay, and, and walk us through what all it shows in this landing page. Yeah. So I think like you said before, OpenSea used to be, if you wanted to look at a collection on OpenSea, you were only looking at it 
of the the market side of it. Okay, here's the tokens that are available to buy and sell, and here's the price. It was much more of a buy and sell experience, whereas now it's an onboarding experience. And the other thing that I want to mention is OpenSea now has integrated with MoonPay, so you can buy NFTs with your credit card, which is just, a, and it's simple. It's easy. Now you do have to KYC. And so we won't get into the argument around that, but it's, I, I just think shout out to OpenSea. You guys are going to be a massive onboarding ramp for so many. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, Kai, going, yep. going back to Arbitrum. How many, do you think in the, are people going to know which blockchain they're buying? On. Absolutely not. No, the developers will know, and those will be the only ones that care. Users will never care. Uh, we will never know any of this stuff. You will never hear. Well, I don't know about like maybe they start to brand themselves in like other aspects because they might create other mm -hmm. products. But if they don't do that, you will never hear the names of these things: Ethereum, Arbitrum, Polygon, blah blah blah. Uh, absolutely not. I think those get completely under the layers, just like all of the internet protocols we use today. And we will know the things like OpenSea, and we will know Reddit and. Instagram and everyone else that's building on top of these things. Um, but we will not know or care. It will be the developers in the companies that will know and they will care on where they build, right? Mm -hmm. um, just like, I don't know, a company knows and cares about where they buy their office, right? Uh, because yeah. they're looking at things like taxes and security and safety mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all these kind of things and insurance costs mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, so same thing now, except you're building, uh, digitally. So, uh, but we won't care as, as users for sure. Yeah. Such a great point. Such a great point. Kai, are, are we, are we breaking up? Do you there's, want to break up? There's, there's a, there's a tweet here from, from Raul on, on our Twitter, Web3 Academy that we're breaking up. Do, do you, do you want, I've, Kai has not been on the last show of the spotlight won't be on the next it's, one either. He's not on the next one. It's, man, man, I, I love you, man. I don't want to break up. I'd be, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be so sad. Well, Sam you also didn't to... show up to the, uh, to the roll up a couple of weeks ago. I had to bring Jeff on. That's so true. Things are getting dicey here. Things are getting dicey. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Raul says that if you guys want to keep us together and keep us producing shows, we need followers on TikTok. Uh, and so we need a hundred followers on TikTok more specifically. So <clears throat> if you use TikTok, um, hop over to TikTok. I think we're just Web3 Academy there uh, mm -hmm. and shoot us a follow because we're actually now posting, I don't know, let's like three, four, maybe even five uh, videos over on TikTok every single week. Um, and I mean, we're looking at it right now, it's just mine and Chase big heads just talking on the camera but, but there will be good content i promise so if you if you do the whole tiktok thing get over there give us a follow uh and uh, jay and i will not break up not yet anyway actually i'm hoping to go and visit jay uh maybe around new year's or after new year's uh and uh and get some snowboarding and whistler so uh i i definitely hope we don't break up <laughs> I, I i also i also hope so i don't i don't take breakups very well it's uh it's crushing <laughs> I'm yeah. a very sensitive, emotional person. That's <laughs> uh, actually why okay. I'm at this retreat is so that I can uh, make sure that I'm making the right decision by not breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> You've been I'm thinking just... about it. You've been journaling. <laughs> Should I break up with Jay? <laughs> uh, okay. I want to talk about unboxing 
this concept of unboxing NFTs. And I've, I think I've sort of like found something that is right in front of us, but nobody knows and nobody is using. And I think this is a great strategy for projects is this idea of when you sell your NFT or when you launch an NFT, and this could be for any business, what you, what you can do is first step, you put, you give the user, you sell it, or you give it away as a, a box, you know, like it, it literally can look like a box. Uh, and then rather than what most people do is when they give an NFT, it looks like something. And then like a week later, there's a reveal, right? So, but rather than doing that, what I'm noticing that more projects are doing, and I've got a project Rengo, which is one of the new hottest projects right now. Uh, I don't know a ton about the project, so I'm not going to go into details about the project by a great artist, Dirty Road Op. But anyways, point being, what they did was they released this box, the Rengo Black Box. You could get the Rengo Black Box, and then a week later, you could decide to burn your Black Box to get their NFT, or you can decide not to. And so right now, it's a 10,000 collection, 6.3, so just over 6,000 have burned and gotten the NFT. And the floor price in the, the actual NFT, which is like a PFP, is 0.85. What okay? happens if you don't burn? I'm confused. What do you got? You, you just got a box. keep it forever. You keep it forever. It's like the equivalent of buying a toy and never unwrapping it. Like it's a collectible. Interesting. I guess people do that with like um, cards and stuff. They buy like a pack of cards and they don't open it. Yeah, yeah. I can exactly. never do that. I, I'm too. Um, I, I could never do like that. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. But the so the 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 black box. Okay, so I think there's about three thousand boxes left. People have mm -hmm. not burned. So about sixty or seventy percent have burned. Thirty percent still left. The black box is worth one point eight floor. Mm -hmm. So it's twice the value of, of the actual NFT. And this is, you know, it's, it's a fun deflation or deflationary mechanism, right? right? You are deflating. And so here's another example. Clone X was really the first to do this. Clone X released their vial with, this is our artifacts project. They released their vial. Okay. So the vial, there's only, I think there's only like 350 vials left. So most people have burned. It's only 350 left. Floor price is just below 12 ETH. Whereas the actual clone, there's about 20,000. Floor price, six ETH. So again, half. I really like, if I'm talking to an NFT project right now, which I'm advising in coaching some NFT projects currently, we're talking a lot about this strategy of give a box and then let people burn. It's A, it's fun. It's fun to burn. It's a cool mechanism. There is the issue of gas. You are, in, you are incurring an extra cost for your user to burn, but you're what also- if you do this on Arbitrum? <laughs> I was teeing you up for that one. <laughs> but you're also uh, creating two, two collections. It's, I think it's a great idea. Think? I think it's cool. Look, I think NFTs in this stage are all about community. And if you can have mm -hmm. fun with your community and do these kind of different innovative things to get people talking and having fun and, um, and who knows what they do with these kind of things. But like, 
I think it's great. Ultimately, it's all about the community. And, you know, we, we just had all these conversations about should there be VCs and should there be royalties and blah, 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 blah. And all these people kind of complaining about what's going on. It's like, look, remember that these are just you being a part of a community and that community might build mm -hmm. something great. It might not build anything at all, whatever. Do you want to be a part of that community or not? If not, don't buy the NFT because mm -hmm. if you're buying NFTs for speculation, those are the people that are complaining, right? The people that are buying mm -hmm. NFTs because they just want to make money and they don't care about the community. They don't interact with the community. They're the ones that are complaining when VCs invest or when this, all these other things. And it's just like, look, do you want to be a part of this digital community or it could be, even be in real life? If you do, and it's worth six ETH to you, then go do that. That's great. And this is a fun way to interact with those community members that want to be a part of this, you know? Um, and if not, then I don't know then get out of here. We don't want these speculators in here. We want, like, I I'm telling you, like, even most of these NFT people that are selling, as long as they actually want to build something, like, they don't want the speculators buying their NFTs. They want people totally. who want to own them and, like, be in their Discord and show up to events and have fun with these, like, unveiling of boxes and things like that. Like, that's the point in these. They're trying to create community, not get a bunch of people rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think you nailed it. That is when, when I'm talking to project founders right now, the big thing we talk about is not, not how do we, you know, pump the price as much as possible. It's how do we get this into the hands of the right people? And then once it's in their hands, how do we engage them and build community around that? And that is where there's so much potential. And one of the best, best re ways you do that is you share funds with them. You give them voting opportunities. You build them. You, the you build best metric, The best metric for an NFT project is who has the least amount of secondary sales. Mm. If you can launch an NFT project to your community and have zero at, uh, secondary sales, you've got a hell of a product. If you have a ton of sales and it's all over the place and tons of volume, probably a shit project, not going to lie. Um, or it's just there's a bunch of speculators who got involved. But yeah. I think that the best way to launch an NFT is if, to, to measure the success is the lowest amount of secondary sales, to be honest. It's a great stat. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Okay, let's, let's jump on to the DAO of the month. Yeah, you, ready? you ready? You gave you us ready some tips. The, I don't know what it is, though. The, I can't guess. You ready for the DAO of the month? It's... it's it's a banger. It's a banger. I'm really excited about this one. Okay. The DAO of the month is, oh my God, Kirby DAO. OMG Kirby DAO. This is what you just showed us on OpenSea, was it not? The this is, you, are, you, you, were, you were paying attention. There was, a, there was an Easter egg in the show earlier. <laughs> I like that. So OMG Kirby DAO is the DAO of the month. Shout out OMG Kirby DAO for all you're doing. This is just such a awesome project and an example of what everything that we are doing around building community is all about and also just the name omg kirby dow is so web3 like who's who's creating brands called omg kirby dow uh okay so let me just let me break down who is omg kirby dow uh let me go back a little bit in time go back two years a musician named named omg kirby decides to start to make generative music. Generative art has been so popular, but generative music, not so popular. Basically, uh, they, they are anonymous, don't know who they are. They take, uh, like, I think it's like seven or eight different um, sound 
pieces. So like there's like a drum and there's like a vocal and there's a bass line. And then with each one of those, they have, you know, five drums and five vocals and seven bass lines. And then they put it into a generative piece of software and it spits out all these different versions and then they combine it with art. Uh, and so this person, whoever they may be, launches their first single or their first, I shouldn't say single, their first uh, uh, drop and it does very well. And what do they decide to do with the funds? Well, they say, you know what? This isn't about me. I'm going to start a DAO. So they start a DAO where anybody who buys the first drop, there's 300, sorry, 3,000 in the first drop. You're now in the DAO, okay? And now what the DAO is doing is they are co-producing music together. Mm -hmm. And they have made music that is now top of Spotify. Let me give Come you these on. stats here, Kai. Okay, so they have... They currently have 1.2 million listeners on Spotify wow. and 22 million. Does that make on it demand. like six bucks on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. They've, they've raised that. It's not, that's not the revenue model for sure. <laughs> they've raised 300 over 300,000 worth, worth of, uh, of ETH in their, wow. in their mints. And they are now becoming this, Basically, the concept is that what they want to do is they want Oh My God, Kirby Dow to be a place that all musicians can come and develop artwork together. And they're sort of that, um, that community that knows how to create music as a community. They and have when like they create the music, framework. it's all under the Oh My God, Kirby Dow's like I don't want to call it a label, but label. whatever. Like it's their label. It all goes yeah, under they, their Spotify kind of thing or their whatever their name. That so far, that is, cool. you know, I'm sure in the future, if you are a big enough artist, it could just be under their label and not under their name. But yes, yeah, that yeah. is interesting. That is the the idea. Yeah, community yeah, led like band essentially. Yeah, you and know? so what they That's did was cool. they actually had a in the last the last single that they released, this is how they made it. They had, okay, everybody in the DAO uh, present different uh, sound samples that you think we should use. So somebody's recording their voice, somebody else's, and these are a lot of musicians that are in this DAO naturally, right? That's who's interested in it. Everybody voted, which ones do we like? They came down to five songs. They picked five different songs. Then they had a meeting in the DAO. Everybody comes on and they played those songs live and everyone gave feedback and they collaborated and discussed. And then they picked one and they produced and they've released this. Single. This is community. This is this what is Web3 was made for. This is exactly yeah. what NFTs or tokens were made to do. Oh, I love this. This is actually great. Like this is literally it's it. amazing. It's, it's you tokenize yeah. a community and then they all build this like beautiful thing together. They have fun and they like, this is it, you know, not, I'm not even going to say anything about anyone else, but well done. This is great. <laughs> we got to get, Oh my God, Kirby on the, uh, on the podcast. I want to talk to totally. uh, him or her, whoever, Oh my God, Kirby is, or they, and, uh, or, or someone from the Dow anyway, and um, just see like how they're managing all this. Do you know how many people are in there? Is it a big Dow? I think there's about uh, so they have 3000, Wow. Uh, the first drop was 3000 NFTs. I would, obviously that's not 3000 unique individual people. Then they did another drop of a PFP collection. That I think was 5,000, but I think we could probably assume that there's, I don't know, two and a half thousand to 5,000, somewhere in that range. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And here's the other thing that's really cool. And I think this, this comes back to exactly what you were saying before, Kai. Focus, make community building your priority. Community first, profit second. That's what we always say. Because even if the NFT doesn't go up, I bet you the people that are in here and contributing and doing this, like they're having fun, they're learning, yes. they're becoming better musicians. Uh, I mean, they've already obviously creating successful brand on Spotify. Like that's friggin' sick. It, th I mm -hmm. bet you they don't even think about the price of the NFT. And I wonder what their secondary sales are like. I'm going to assume it's low, um, but I don't know. Cause you never know. There's always the tail end where there's a bunch of just people buying and selling and trying to like profit little bits here and there, but um, super cool. Love it. That's a, the perfect community driven project. Exactly. And, and, and some of the tools that they're using. So not only are they creating projects together and developing this model or framework or process to create music together, which is what every DAO should be focused on is how do you engage your members to create together, whatever it is you want to create. But the other thing that they're doing is they're sharing in the profit together where by, a, I don't know exactly what the breakdown is, but a large majority, and this is why I tell every project right now, take a large majority of your NFT revenues and put it into a treasury and share it through a DAO, share it with your community and allow them to propose and allow them to build together. But then they also, in this case, because it's music, they're allowing the buyers to have full ownership rights of that music. So one, one of their buyers, whose name is Wally PDF, uploaded two Oh My God Kirby DAO tracks to Spotify without altering them. And they both ended up on Spotify's most popular playlists. And they now have more than a million streams on Spotify. Wally PDF uploaded, <laughs> oh my God, Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. This is wild. Cool. Uh, isn't this fun? Isn't this so fun? Uh, Jaden Smith is a, is a buyer of, uh, of one of the NFTs, it says. Not that I care about Jaden Smith, but you know. <laughs> all right kirby kirby now oh my god kirby now if you're listening shoot us a message we're gonna get you on here we want to chat all right we're trying a new format on the show we're gonna do quick hits in 60 seconds or less so kai we have 60 seconds to do each one of these pieces of news okay it's like it's Can like off the that? record off the record, I think is what it was uh, called. Pardon the, the, pardon the interruption. Pardon, is pardon the called. interruption. Off the record, that was, what's his name? Pardon the interruption, yes, from the ESPN. Yeah, let's do it. We need a, we need a counter and a ticker, but we'll get that one day. We'll DL's get there. has got to hook us up. And the pressure's okay, first on. First up, Masari raises $35 million to expand their Bloomberg of crypto ambitions. Yeah, Masari's a beast. Uh, I think they just had a big round, like not too long ago as well um they're these guys understand the the amount of data that's coming on chain and they are trying to be like the place to not just like get this data but actually like view it and anal analyze it etc um and i think that's going to be massive massive if you can be an outlet uh to get the data to review the data etc and masari is doing just that so yeah they're legendary and um and I forget the um, the founder's name, but he's he's also awesome on Twitter. So um, keep keep uh, keep uh, Ryan Salkis. That's it. Keep crushing, Masari. You guys are legends. Next, this is a tweet from someone you may may know. Uh, his name is Jaybird, uh, uh, Jaybird, and 
he's sitting in front of me and I'm going to read it. Uh, and also, if you don't yet, go follow Jaybird. It's Jaybird underscore NFT on Twitter. And if you happen to not get your lens protocol because it didn't work, your handle, DM <laughs> DMJ and let him know and he will figure it out for you. Um, okay, so Jay tweets, if you manage to sell your music NFT at 0.1 ETH to just 25 people, that's the equivalent revenue of having your song listened to 1 million times on Spotify. Go. The Spotify model is broken. Music streaming is fucked. Thank you, labels, for causing that. I blame the labels for this. They are so... they. Unfortunately, the labels created this revenue model where the artists get screwed and it's just, it's completely unfair and ridiculous and antiquated. And shout out to Koopa Troopa and all the people in the space that are making a difference in music NFTs right now. I actually saw that Koopa Troopa is running his first mastermind right now. If you are a musician, he is taking 10 musicians and teaching you how to tokenize your fans and your communities. And it's, it's right in front of you. All you need is 25, everyone has 25 fans, right? To spend a couple hundred bucks on you and you can do so much more than, I don't even know what you would do if you had a million followers on Spotify. You can't even, you can't reach them. I can't airdrop them. I can't, I don't have their email. I don't think, I don't even know what I could do. Nothing, you get nothing. It's kind of shite. I think you're probably at 60 seconds though. <laughs> Tim Ferriss is launching an NFT he just created an account just the other day saying that he is going to be launching NFTs. Tim Ferriss NFTs, go. This is news to me today. I didn't even know this. So what do I have to say about it? I think Tim Ferriss is a legend. Uh, I've been listening to his podcast, reading his book. He's actually the reason I went nomadic, uh, reading the book for our work week. I read that and, uh, and then left my corporate job and, uh, and moved to Bali uh, and tried to figure out this lifestyle. So I think Tim is amazing. He's got I mean, he's got millions and millions and millions of mm -hmm. followers and a massive audience. And so these are the people, the people that have the big audiences that are set up perfectly to launch NFTs and to build a more involved community. So we'll see what he does. I know he's super smart. He's talking with all the smartest people. So I would imagine he's gonna do something really cool here, um, but I would imagine it's all about community. So I'm bullish uh, Tim Ferriss and Tim Tim Nifties is what it's called. What do you think about nfts versus nifties do you think nifties should take off and we should stop calling them nfts nifties no <laughs> none of these words <laughs> all right that's that's our quick hits for the week next up let's let's get some laughs out let's look at some of the funnier tweets from the past week first up here i got punk 6529 and he says Post-merge, if you're still buying traditional art with its significant carbon footprint and not <laughs> NFTs, do you even care about the future of our planet and our children? <laughs> yes, I like it. It's great that we can finally say that. Kudos yeah. to the merge. That's so funny. <laughs> all right, this is the greatest tweet that I saw all week. Uh, so for those of you that can't see, it's a picture of Dennis Schroeder. Is that how you say it? Schroeder. Mm -hmm. He's a, a player for the for the Lakers, uh, which is an NBA NBA team, and uh, it says if NFT was a person. And so Dennis Schroeder in 2021 had an offer that he turned down for 84 million. He did a deal in 2022 for 2.64 million. 
So if NFT was a person, this is again, why you don't speculate on NFTs because you're going to get wrecked just like Dennis Schroeder got on his deal. I don't know what happened to him, but he got wrecked. You got wrecked. <laughs> this is basically my NFT bag right now, by the way. Yeah, I, right. I emphasize with you, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> uh, speaking about getting wrecked, <laughs> or more like getting roasted, uh, Kai got roasted by Web3 Academy. Raul uh, got him good this week. So there's this tweet of the, the famous meme of the uh what was pablo the show escobar. called Pub pablo escobar in narcos uh, narcos thank you in narcos the netflix show and it's all these images of him sitting alone just looking so sad and dejected and lonely and raul tweeted visual representation of kyle reed had waiting to cross 10k followers on twitter let's help the old man go follow him <laughs> uh well done raul well done Hopefully I'll get there. So I want to help me. I think I'm like 300 away. I've been sitting in the 9,000s for a long time. And uh, let's, uh, I mean, let's, let's help him out. Yeah, let's help go. Out. Everybody Kyle, help him out. We can, get, the handle. we can get you. What are you going to do if you get there? You going to do more push-ups for us? I don't know. I'll do whatever you want. But why am I the old man? Jay's older than me. Why does he call me the old man? It's just because well, we're like a kid. Don't make this about me. This is about me. <laughs> this is why the breakup's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah okay last up we want to start something new oh man i just pulled up an incredible photo of where you are right now uh which looks unbelievable again another reason to follow kyle on twitter he produces great content he's also a photographer his ours look beautiful but we want to start something new we used to do the web3 word of the week which was our opinion on what's going on in the space but what we realized is we have you we have this incredible audience of listeners followers on twitter subscribers on our newsletter and we want to start to know what you're thinking and what you're feeling and the actions that you're taking in the space so that we can have more of an informed viewpoint and we can share that with you so we're going to start a weekly poll we're going to every week we'll announce the poll here on the show and then we'll do the poll on Twitter and through our email newsletter. And then next week, we will break it down. So for this week's poll, the question is, would you put your personal interests or hobbies on chain? The goal here being connecting with like-minded individuals. So, or would you have privacy concerns around this? So let me give you an example. Would you tie, you know, would you say that, you enjoy meditation or you enjoy invest investing or you enjoy running, would you allow that type of information to be on chain about you? Can I answer? Or we, we can't answer. We got to wait and see what everyone else answers first. <laughs> you can, you can, you can answer. You can answer. No, I don't want, I don't want to sway the answers of everybody. Okay. But if okay, you're listening so right now, go to our Twitter, which is web three Academy. Uh, and you'll see the poll. Uh, it'll only be open for like 24 hours. So if you miss that, make sure you sign up to our newsletter and just reply to the email. There'll be a poll in there. You just reply to the email, say your answer. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free, like in the newsletter, you can reply and like actually give us some more details and your thoughts. That would be really great to help us learn. We might even share your thoughts on the uh, on the podcast. But um, yeah, we'd love to just, we're going to do this every week so we continue to learn from you guys. Um, Jay and I talk a lot and we want uh, we want to hear from everyone else, you know? <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Kai, what do you got? What do you what do you got next in your uh, retreat here? What's what's next on the schedule? Where are you going after this? 
So actually, uh, in about 30 minutes, I have uh, a, a workshop on setting intentions. So Ooh. yeah, so setting intentions, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, and then tonight, we actually have another type of dance that we're doing. I don't dance. So this is like, we did ecstatic dance on the beach two, two days ago, two nights ago during sunset. It was actually quite fun. And then this time, it's like a conscious dance. And then one of the members here that that is on the retreat actually is like a really, really legit dancer. And so he's actually going to teach us a form of Brazilian dance. Ooh. So uh, I got to get my hips warmed up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all, all I can say is uh, I would like a video recording of that. And okay. I hope that you do not set your intention as break up with Jay. I will never do that. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, thank right, you. That's friends. a wrap. Thank you, friends, Thanks for listening. For we appreciate you. Uh, and uh, we love that you continue to listen to us day in and day out. Uh, it makes Jay and I's world go round. Have a great week, everybody. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.